Welcome to season three of Handpicked. It's so great to be back with a wonderful sponsor in ClearCo, but what great businesses we have discovered. It's a great way to show and feel and learn about what's going on in Australian business. So if you like what you hear, perhaps you could rate us or review us or refer it to another business owner. Welcome, Ahmad. It's so great to have you on Handpick Podcast. And it was great that I got to meet you through ClearCo because I hadn't heard of your business. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Definitely. Thank you, Naomi. We are a education technology company. So we try to make students' lives easier by giving them the required materials they need um, to get through their uh, educational experience. Great. Well, and when did you start? Why Why did you start? Uh, so it's been roughly 10 years ago. I actually saw one of your talks, Naomi, <laughs> which was inspiring <laughs> to me. <so. laughs> um, and uh, through that experience, um, we launched the company to, you know, I was a student myself and, and saw all these problems students were having. And I said, how can I make education more affordable for them? Um, and so, yeah, dropped out of uni and, and launched the company and uh, been helping students. Ever oh, since. fantastic. So 10 years. Give us an idea about the scale of the business. Is it in the number of uh, customers or I, I understand it's marketplace? Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, so last year we turned over $20 million. Um, we're in about five countries. Um, and so we've been quite aggressively growing um, uh, over the last couple of years. Um, and, yeah, I think uh, hopefully from there just trying to um, – get even more um, uh, students and help them out even further. Fantastic. Maybe it's because I'm not in your target market. That's the only reason I hadn't heard. Um, and so you've got some questions for me. Yeah, definitely. And, and as I mentioned, uh, you were actually one of the reasons why I became an entrepreneur. So <laughs> this is quite interesting for me. Um just starting off, um, thinking about sort of work-life balance, um, you know, how important is that to you and how important was that in the earlier days when you first started? Is that something you consciously thought about um, or was it just sort of like, okay, you know, was it in integrated, ingrained? Um, if you could shed a little bit more light there, I'm sure that's sort of yeah. what i You know, and there's different stages of our lives. When I started my business, I had two small children. They're now well and truly adults and have left home. It, it was a blur. Like people are like, what did you do? How did you do it? Well, I was busy with my small children as well as trying to start a business and I, I, I no time for me at all. Uh, I did try to keep myself fit by going to the gym at 5.30am, being back home, making the school lunches, getting the kids off to school so I could be at my desk. And at some point my uh, uh, now COO, Gemma, said, you've got to get out of your what we now call active wear but she said your bike shorts you know but so I guess life was a blur and when we are driven by purpose that is sustainable for a certain amount of time and if you are a founder if you believe the only resource often that you have is yourself to start with uh, before you scale and I think the next trick for me was understanding where my secret source was. What was the true value that a founder delivers that you can't necessarily employ from another person and finding the people that could give me bandwidth so that I would work on the 
what was the secret essence. And ultimately for me, that was about the storytelling. It was about the external. It was about creating relationships and through networks and so forth. And then when I did that. Um, as family also, one of the things back in those days, we didn't have mobile phones and everything binging and banging all the time and no such thing as social media. So I was able to be really present with my family when I was there. It might have only been for an hour a day, but I made the most of it. I really made the most of it. Taught my kids to play Monopoly before they went to school. They still have never beaten me. <laughs> That's fantastic. I think, um, you know, hearing that and seeing what you were able to do and, and you know, run the household and, you know, all that while still running a, a business um, is absolutely amazing. Um, if you if you had a time machine today, you're able to go back um, and you could, you know, hold, hold on to Naomi that uh, is just launching this company. Um, you had 15 minutes, uh, you know, what sort of advice would you impart? Like, what, what would you, what would you tell yourself? Well, what I tell myself, uh, one was, one is it'll be okay. And I've said this before on previous ep- episodes, which is just around the fact of, did anybody die today? No, there will be another day. Uh, and the other thing is, I suppose, especially in that t- startup phase, and you'd know this now, you've been around for 10 years. You, you don't realize you've got 10 years. Now I'm now 20 years into my journey. There is time to do things properly properly. Uh, The other thing is that back in those days, we had to build everything versus buy, whereas now there's so much technology available and software as a service or fintechs or as you've applied for ClearCo, which is an incredible way of funding growth uh, and very easy to do. I thought it was amazing. Um, For those who haven't heard about ClearCo, ClearCo was founded by a dragon, which is how I came across it in in, uh, Canada and realising that businesses just need growth capital uh, and that instead of all of those pitches that would put us in Shark Tank out of business, all of those pitches you just give access to your Facebook, your Google and your your, um, your gateway and they can see your conversion rate and then they lend you money based on that and then it's just principal and interest. It's very, very straightforward with no guarantees. So I wish they'd had some of those things uh, back in the day and, and we just didn't. So in some ways, and you would have seen this yourself on a 10-year journey, the access that we have. So I think stay curious is the number one thing. You know, you can find these things in completely different ways, but you've got to stay curious. Amazing. And just quickly touching on, on, on ClearCo, that's been a fantastic journey for us as well. Um, we were able to sort of finance our inventory and our marketing costs. Um, you know, we raised about $30 million in venture capital over the last 10 years and the ClearCo process took about half an hour <laughs> in comparison. <laughs> it was a million times easier and a lot less dilutive. Um, so it's fantastic. And just just quickly for on that, um, what's your thoughts on bootstrapping versus raising money, um, you know, uh, what do you think about that sort of, is, is it clear cut or is it on a business by business basis or would you encourage people to go one way or another? Look, it is on a business by business cases because if you're in biotech, you need some real infrastructure before you can get there. Whereas if you're starting a marketplace, perhaps not so much. So it really it really does depend on the business and the business model and the industry that you're in, and it is a case-by-case. Case. But in saying that, I always uh, consider who is the best people to provide you with cash, and that's ultimately your customers. And so looking at how cash moves through a business, is there a deposit? Could they pay in advance? How does that look? So one of the concerns and one thing I talk about a lot – 
uh, publicly is just about working capital and renegotiating terms for so many things. If you're buying something from offshore uh, and it's not being delivered for 90 days and then you're not being paid for another being paid for another 90 days, that's a lot of money that's just being held up and and not being able to put to use. So I think it doesn't matter who you are as a founder, you've got to stay or a business owner or a CEO, you've got to stay really close to cash and it changes. You know, we always paid our suppliers in advance. You know, we just did because that built trust. But actually that had to change after COVID just because there were so many cancellations of bookings, which, you know, we it was it's okay. It's only seven days. But understanding that was really, really important. So understanding how money moves through the system. I think it's really interesting that you've raised 30 uh, million. And I, I guess one of the most important things is, is not to be diluted. I've seen so many founders diluted round, you know, round A, B, oh, here we go for D and E. And then ultimately the founders have almost nothing left in the game and they wonder why they're working 100 hours a week and um, they're, they're so minute. And that was really part of the intention of, of ClearCo because mo- most people, most people, what they need uh, money for is those growth elements, not necessarily for uh, capital investments. Definitely. If we could go back in time and ClearCo was there, that would have been so much easier and, and made it less easier. I know. And, and I might have been able to scale faster too because I chose bootstrapping and um, – if maybe if that had been available, then I could have pushed harder and faster rather than having to fund everything myself uh, without giving up equity. I think that's the restraints of uh, entrepreneurs. You can go down the path of the bank um, or venture capital and one requires equity and banks don't lend early stage. So this alternative being available has been amazing for us. Um, just one final question I've got here. Um you know, what's something that you sort of believe today that, that no one else does? If, if you sort of think about the, the future and, and, and sort of looking at it through that optimistic lens, I know uh, entrepreneurs solve problems and they're very curious about the world. Um, is there something that you're sort of seeing today that you think no one else is kind of viewing? Um, look, I think that the world is actually going to get smaller not larger. Right now, you know, coming out of COVID, we think, oh gosh, overseas is so far away. I really believe that this notion of buy local is going to be quite a thing. But what I mean is if I want to give something to somebody in Germany, I go to a local store. So it's a mind shift. I think people are far more concerned about the planet. They're far more concerned about logistics and the cost of logistics that's gone up fivefold. So therefore people are going to begin to think differently. When things get cost prohibitive behaviors change and and it's the same with travel travel will be expensive for a while it will adjust but people will just begin to think because we've learned to do business in different ways and that will represent a lot of opportunities represents opportunities for the regions uh throughout australia people can work anywhere uh, and everywhere but not just in our country outside so i think we'll have far more of a global um approach. With some of the relationships that are being built, particularly with the US, I, rec- I, I believe that that will provide uh, real opportunities for Australian startups, Australian businesses and Australia to become a technology hub. We need more people coming out of universities uh, with uh, you know, data science skills and analytical skills and tech skills. You'd know that yourself. Um, 
and we will solve for that, but we are looking to find those sorts of people anywhere now. Switching costs are almost zero. You know, I can work for a company in Australia one day, new laptop arrives on on the Monday morning, and I'm now working for a company based in Silicon Valley. So uh, I, I think there will be changes, but we will take our lenses off. And whilst we won't physically be moving, mentally we will be moving and things can happen. You must have seen that in the education space. I mean, it's dramatically different. Our complete, everything turned when, when COVID hit, um, everything turned on its head. And so we were always sort of providing online uh, digital services, but it grew like 264% when, when COVID hit. And, you know, everyone was talking about it'll return to how it was, but it, it almost shifted into a new normal where it's kind of a hybrid approach. It's blended, you know, and, and students were asking questions. They're like, well, I pay $10 a month to stream Netflix and, you know, $15 a month to stream Spotify, but I'm paying 50000 a year to stream Sydney University. So they're sort of questioning, you know, what's the right um, uh, move for myself? Is it going to be on campus to network and mingle and, and, and watch my classes online? Or, um, you know, I, so I don't know what the future looks like. It's very exciting though. Scott Galloway is pretty vocal about it. I'm sure you've heard he's a lecturer in New York University. He's very vocal about does that mean you're paying the $50,000 for the brand or for the education? Uh, and uh, so it's got, there will be an evolution. There's no doubt about that when it comes to education, but it looks like you've found yourself at the right place at the right time with the right amount of funding and you're going to make the most of it for Australia and Australians and congratulations on your business, Ahmed. And nice to know that I had something to do with it all those years ago <laughs> it's wonderful most definitely it was um very very inspiring and and uh, just hearing about the early days it, it made you realize that you know you can do it as well because you're a student in the audience and you have no clue and i'd know uh, you know, sort of a, a business anchor or expectation or understanding. And so I always just thought, oh, I have to go and work. And that's how, how life is. And, you know, I saw you there and it's like, I got out there and I, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I want to do that. So that was very good. Oh, well, who knows who's going to be listening to Handpick right now. And they say, well, if Alma could do it, I could do it and let's get going. So congratulations on your business. Thank you so much for coming. And I'm really glad Clearco are able to help you with your growth strategies. Congratulations. Thank you, Naomi. Appreciate it. If anybody is looking for funding um, you'll see a link and it says uh, Clearco and it's got Naomi Simpson click on that and then they'll know that you heard about it from my podcast so do click on that link and uh, who knows who else they can help 